Yeah, I'm the feeling of a hustler who opened this first brick. The work provides a birth, raising babies up on a strip. Father knows best, overprotective with the stretch. Sacrifices a family could hold up his progress. Yeah. Unless you ruthless, takes a body to do this. Can't kill Abel Caesar, was murdered by Brutus. Watching belly every night, ain't helping you get through this. Nah. Study niggas with life, you young rookies, clueless. Yeah. I'll show you how to do this. We writing the blueprint. Uh-huh. I Evan Jones clone, the residues ain't the music. Yeah. We play sturdy, never hurry out of the pocket. Uh-huh. These niggas scurry, they don't want fury. Your hot rockets, you need it, I got it, I'm an unstoppable force yeah. A conjurer with coke, I'm your plug's energy source uh-huh. No electro, but I've been moving that Jamie Whether Curtis is fierce, Fetch fierce is that you pay me yeah. Hoes can't play me, I'm on top of my game Been yeah. the Hustlers Hall of Fame, but what I put in this thing uh-huh. Blood, sweat, and tears, the years of being a felon Funny when you the answer in that question, I'm a lethal weapon Gang rapping and big stepping, my game legend You play tech and I'll live your life in a split second uh-huh. No Recollection, I get these niggas the chills. Stacking up to a bill, ladies loving my sets of pill. Don't gangsta grill, you fitting to get killed. Gorillas go bananas when they peel. I'm mad ill, so play games if you want to. Nothing, no limits when I hunt you. Putting mamas on first pew. Farmers in different hues, hoes fucking with the crew. Man, that talks about the money, they do what they want to. Money's my only muse, how could I ever lose? Never no lame, baby, my swagger is showing pro. Let's get it on. We get it on. Let's get it on. We get it on. Yeah, get involved. Get involved. All day, niggas get the ass. That's how I go. Fucking yo ho. Calculate that people get money and stack dough, nigga. Ah, you know what it is, nigga. MGF. Money, guns, mentality. Money getting motherfuckers. We make them girls moan. <laughs> yeah, you already know what it is, baby. Five seven, call the young shit nigga. And we represent the new crew. MGM. Welcome back to the Core Gentle Radio. This is Eddie Word. I know it's been a while since you heard from me, but I am back. And this is the first episode back from about maybe a two, almost three years hiatus. Um, but nonetheless, we're going to get right back into it like we never left. Um, I want to shout out to all those who have been sending in all their beats, all their music and everything. Um, don't worry, we'll get to it. We'll make sure that everything gets played in its proper time. We had a little bit of setback trying to get everything settled with all the streaming websites and stuff like that, but we are back. And this episode, we are doing an interview with West Philly's own King Champs out of the Dead Wrong Records camp. Um, he's the co CEO of Dead Wrong Records uh, with his brother Azan, who is also uh, the producer over there. But we're going to get into a lot of stuff in this interview, and we're going to take a little break. The song that you heard earlier was actually from King Champs. That was MGM, also produced by uh, Azan. So we got another track coming in a little bit later, but we're going to get right into this interview. Check it out. All right, so we're here with King Champs. What's going on, brother? What's going on? What's going on? Glad to be here with you, bro. Right, right. This has been a long time coming. We've talked about this for at least, what, two years now? <laughs> yeah. At yeah, least, man. right? But you know, everything has to happen in its time. Right. It's time's right now, so we're ready. We're that's ready. right. That's right. So let's get into it. Let's get right into it. So tell everybody, you know, like who you are, where you're from, and, um, you know, just give them the little meat and gravy about everything that you're doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, my name is Kane Chance. Um, I have my own record label with my brother, Zon Diavon Records. Uh, we've been doing it for for a minute, man, well over about seven, eight years. You know what I mean? Uh, we from West Philly. We from Philly, but we from West Philly. You know what I mean? And um, we show it. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, this is the uh, the first place where gangster rap started. 
Schooly you know D. Was Schooly D. Yes, sir. Yeah, Schooly D. Yeah, you know I mean, so we just um, carrying on tradition. We just doing it in a, in a hybrid kind of way. You right. know what I mean? And um, really showing that side of Philly. You know what I mean? That side of West Philly. And um, you know, we specialize really in lyrics and bars, man. You know, um, if you don't believe it, Google it. You there know, it is. Been doing this for a while. <laughs> Um, you know what I mean? Because the proof of the pudding. Right. I you mean, Philly Philly is home to a lot of uh, legendary spitters, too. So, you yes, know, sir. there's there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot of different layers to that. You know what I mean? And listen, when I listen to you guys and uh, what you do, it definitely shows, like, not only just the historical part of it, but the, the hunger in the rhymes, you know. It, it's authentic, bro. The records that we put together is our lives. Absolutely. It's what we've went through, what we're going through, and where we're going. You know what I mean? I feel like that's how we capture it. We capture the streets like none other. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people, at least a lot of the greats, um, were able to capture that vibe. If you were from the element, it didn't matter if you were from Cali or St. Louis or Utah, whatever. If you were from a certain element, you can feel the energy, the hunger in the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what we always go for when we record it. We want you to have that that feeling. You know what I mean? It ain't just, you know, um, no bullshit. This is real rap. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So let's let's talk about it. Let's um I think one of the first projects that I was introduced to after uh, seeing you on like SoundCloud was um, a project called Kings of Kings. Um, I think that was like, what was that, like 2012 or something like that? Yeah, yeah, man. That was our first project. Wow. Yeah, that wow. was our very, very first project. Yeah, man, we was young bulls then, man. Yeah. Young, man. <laughs> it was raw as hell, man. It was raw. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely growth because that's like 2012. We're in 2023 now, so that's 11 years yeah. of growth and, and progress. So um, tell, tell the people a little bit more about um, that project. Oh man, um, it has a lot of significance for multiple reasons. Um, because it was our first project, it was our first time really getting in the studio and recording. I had never really been behind a microphone before. Um, Azan, who's my brother, you know, blood brother, same mom, same dad, that was his first time making beats. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And we just was like, yo, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to go hard. We're going to go home. You know what I mean? It was. It, that's how we were with it. We uh, addressed it with a certain energy that a lot of people would be probably a little nervous for their first time. Right. Kind of get in that element and really record and put this shit on wax. But our confidence level was sky high. And even then it was like, yo, I can rap. Like, you know, fuck this. Like, I, I feel like I can be one of the best. I feel like I can go up against, you know, the goats. There you the go. And my brother felt the same way. Um, but, you know, we were talking kind of off here before we kind of started. It's a competitive sport. Right. You know what I mean? And both me and my brother played competitive sports. You know, the college recruited D1 recruited guys. There you, you go. know what I mean? Playing football and shit. So we have a competitive spirit. So that project was showing that competitive spirit. It was showing um, that we weren't afraid to kind of jump out here and really put a stake in the game. And that was really... Um, was so uh, uh, big and it was, I was really dealing with a lot of street shit during that time. Okay. You know what I mean? Battling cases and going through a lot of different things. And if you're listening to the lyrics off of that project, I'm really writing about the experiences. I'm really writing about it off of like life that I live. Real life rap. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like really telling what was going on. If you're really listening and hearing what was kind of going on, it was, it was really, really wild. You know, from the intro all the way down, and it, it just was a, a very, very emotional time. Um, it was a very um, tough time, but it was a beautiful time at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Because we were literally laying a foundation for what we have now and what we're continuing to build. You know what I'm saying? So that that project was something, man, for sure. 
And that's that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's about the continuation of and getting things finished once you get it started. And for what it sounds like, far from finished. <laughs> right. You know, so um let's jump into the um the album uh Dawn of the Dead. So tell people about how that album came about. Again, it was a project on a uh, turbulent time. Um, and I think it was turbulent for all of us because we were all dealing with our personal um, traumas and different things we were trying to get through day in and day out um, during the pandemic. Correct. Um, the pandemic had everybody crazy out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Big, small, large, or tall. This shit was wild. So, it was. Um, it was another tough time for us. Um, our grandmother had just passed. Um, so we had a lot of, again, going into it, a lot of emotional trauma and a lot of, you know, feelings going into it. But once again, it's another beautiful time because we're growing through these experiences. You know, we're, we're adding, um, our, our battle scars, so to speak, you know, we're pushing through adversity, we're pushing through, you know, resistance, we're being resilient through it. And during that time, we had put the best music out that we had in a long time. You know, wow. um, we really wrote that project. Everybody that contributed to that project, again, was going through their own different personal things. You know what I mean? It yeah. was wow um, that we were all able to kind of focus in and deliver such a project, which I consider, and I know once people go back and really listen to it, once we get to a certain spot, it's going to be considered a classic. Absolutely. Because we were able to blend different styles. We were able to blend certain sounds. And that's the thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, on that album, you guys didn't really just go for the traditional hip-hop sound or the boom bap or whatever that we're accustomed to. You guys were experimenting with a lot of different other sounds too, which I think carried the dynamic of the album. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't, um, it, I, I kind of describe it as this, bro. I, I describe it as something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. There it Which, is. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Straight up and down. You know what I mean? Um, because what we were able to do were, we come from hip-hop. We bars and, and beats niggas. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's where we come from. But we also come from this. We are from this age group. We didn't grow up listening to... L.O. Cool J and Rock Kim. We grew right. up listening to 50 Cent and Dipset. Right, right. Grew, you know what I mean? Right. We grew up listening to those guys. Right. So we're going to throw, we respect those OGs. Please believe that's not disrespecting any of them. I can rap you lyrics from L.L. all the way to Rock Kim. Cool <laughs> the shame. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I know that shit damn near first for first. So please don't, you know. And I mean? a lot of people can't, and a lot of people don't. You yeah. know, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's a fact. So we were able to kind of take that with the dip set stuff and, and the stuff that's going on now with right. the younger guys. Right. You know what I mean? With the different sounds that they got going on. So we were able to kind of blend it all together. And it's actually funny um, that you said it because a professor um, damn near wrote a thesis on the project. Wow. That's where good. He was, and I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. Okay. You. He broke it down where he like, yo, you really got to go from the 80s all the way through to see where these motherfuckers is at with it. They're creating there you go. different. There it is. Yeah, you man. Know, that's so, big. Yeah, we, we went out the box. For Definitely sure. send that to me too because, you know, aside from just being a, um, a fan of hip-hop, I'm also kind of like a nerd when it comes to it a little bit. I like to study a lot of the the lyrics and the behind-the-scenes stuff too. Word. Yeah, Word. so... um. Overall, what's your favorite tracks off of uh, that album, Dawn of the Dead? Oh, man. I'm going to say all of them, man. I mean, of course, of course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, I know there has to be like specific ones. Like, there has to be at least one or a few that you specifically, you know, like overall. I, okay, to be fair, to be fair, if it's a solo track of mine, because it was a group effort again. Shout out to everybody that was on the project. Um, Ra, um, Frio, Black, 
uh, Def Soldier, who's really doing his thing out here. Make sure y'all check him out as well. Uh, Pretty Bully, she's a hell of a fight MC. Make sure you check her stuff out as well. They both are doing really good shit right now. Okay, um, okay. And, and um, you know, of course, you know, Ron, Frio, and Black, they don't want their own records. Okay. So, you know, make sure you check those guys out as well. But from a solo perspective, the song, I'd probably say that I feel like I started to catch um, my, my rhythm. Or, or my stride, so to speak, would be Forbes niggas. Okay, okay. Yeah. I the intro track. Yeah, right after the Right intro. after the intro. Yeah. Yeah. Right after the intro. I, I think that record really was me transitioning from a boy to a man. Okay. In a lot of ways, from being able to be comfortable in the pocket being able to deliver the bars the way they need to be delivered, the flow, the cadence, being able to bounce a certain kind of way. Like, all of those little things that make you great, I feel like I started to finally catch all of those things all in one thing. And I feel like um, Forbes niggas was like the start of that. And then when people hear this new project, bro, this Rise of Corleone shit, my solo project, you're going to hear it carry over to, like, elite levels. Okay. One thing that a lot of people aren't doing on that project, and I'm excited for people to hear it. Okay, so let's talk about it a little bit. So, um, this is your absolute solo debut album, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So, again, this is, of course, probably produced by your brother Azan, right? Yes, sir. There it is. So, how many tracks is on that um, album coming up? We are literally having eight tracks on us. <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay. No no forties, no twelves, just eight. Okay. And, and I prom and I promise you, I promise you, it's gonna be the best eight you've heard. I know, because there's been a lot of um a lot of albums lately there that have like twenty, thirty, forty albums you we probably want to call them a double lp if that but like if if that's what you could consider it but uh a lot of those joints are like filler in my perspective you know what i'm saying like some 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 tracks are good but after like you get to like 25 bro it's like come on now you know that i, I mean it's it's cool it's cool to put out that much product and you know have give people options but don't you want to split them up into different projects though like come on just it's, man bro I, I think and no and no disrespect to anybody that's doing that or whatever like because again the artistry is is cool and i and i respect it but like sometimes you get a little ear fatigue after listening to so many different songs you know yeah short and sweet it's like this let's let, let, i'm gonna ask you an honest question right you ask uh, a question let me, all right. jump in your, let me jump in your chair one okay time. all right all right go ahead go ahead Get out the chair in a minute. Let me ask you this. Mike Tyson in his prom right. was known for knockouts within 20, 30, 40 fucking seconds. Correct. No one ever said to him, hey, I think you should have beat that motherfucker up a little longer. A little longer, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? It was astonishing to us to see him knock people out in such a short time comparative to all the other greats, you know. Because it was sharp and efficient. Right. It was a master class on we don't need a whole lot of time. It's like Bruce Lee's one inch punch or something. Right. Like that's how Rise of Corleone is gonna hit the listener. Where it's gonna be like, Oh shit, damn it's over. Let me play it again. Damn it's over, let me play it again. Right. And then it actually with you as opposed to what you were saying what you brought up a valid point of bro I'm not about to record 30 fucking songs in a row and just put them out because guess what you'll get ear fatigue and I'll be fatigued right there it is that's right artistry isn't going to be at a high level I want to put out high level quality content when you keep coming back for more. Not that you can go to Twitter and talk shit about track 8 through 14. <laughs> right, right. Because that's just what happened. Yeah. Okay, we're on these Twitter streets and, and social media has damn near became the streets, unfortunately. Right. But it is what it is. Right. Um, People are talking about it. 
Yeah. In, in that regard. So I'd rather get out and get in and get out. Yeah. You know, nobody ever asked the robber who's successful, oh, you should have sat waited, you know, till the police came. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right. In and, and out. Break the bank, get in, get out. We in and out. We in and out. Easy money. Easy. <laughs> I mean, it was easier, I guess, back in the day where the listener had more time to sit down and really listen and a lot of albums were in the dance clubs and stuff like that so you know you had like the 10 minute joints like the james brown and you know the marvin Gaye joints where it's like it's part a and part two you know you know part a part b part one part two but like now it's like it's a lot of condensed um time because you know people don't have time and you know once a person puts out a project um, pretty much if they're not really intrigued by it, they're looking for the next one for you to put out or the next person or whatever. And it's just kind of like an ADD thing. It's really crazy right now. Yeah. And, and even then, even then, because I'm glad you brought up those artists and I love them legends, by the way. Yes. Um, even them, listen to like the radio, radio joints. Right. Like the Temptations, Marvin Gaye, and all of them. I'm losing you, which is a song everybody know in the black community. It's two minutes and thirty five seconds. Right. Get in and get out. Get in and get out. Barry Gordy knew this. Right. He like y'all niggas can put that part A, part B, part C to Z shit on the album. Right. This cannot be the radio cut or what we're trying to go in here and promote to the people. Absolutely. Because after a while, you said something brilliant. I'm going to have to start using the bro ear fatigue. Right. Ear fatigue. Yo, ear that's fatigue. That's a real thing. You should, yo, bro, please, like, trademark that or something. <laughs> because that's something that, it, yo, it happens. Yeah, it really. does. It really does. You get ear fatigue. It's like, man, I don't want to hear this shit. Ah. I mean, even if you look at those artists that were, you know, great like that, you know, you can go a little bit further up in time from Motown and go to, like, you know, your your Prince or your Michael Jacksons and, you know, people like that. And even, I mean, even you can even look at now with like a person like Kendrick Lamar. It takes like five, they used to put like five years between their albums because they made quality albums to where they had content that you could listen to that could last through that time until the next project. Right. Now, that's not so much of a thing and it's not, and it's not, that the art isn't there with the artists. It's just that, again, with people, you know, not having enough time or, again, with the ear fatigue, that's that's something that comes along with it. For sure. For sure. I, and, and, and I feel like more artists should do that because we live in the instant world now. Yes. I mean, Instagram, hello. <laughs> right. Everything's instant. Everything's instant. Everything's instant, right? Yeah. So we're, we're looking at this stuff, and it's like, yo, you want motherfuckers to drop 80 albums, right? Then say if they do drop the 80 albums, the ear fatigue really kicking the play. Right. And now they really tweeting about, like, oh, my God, he didn't drop another song. I didn't even listen to his album yet. Right. Nah, you need to have, and we need to have more integrity as artists, to say no, you gonna you gonna marinate with this motherfucker. I done put time in on this. Right. I've written to this. I've tore raps apart. I can't tell you how many times during a writing session for Rosa Corleone or Donna did or anything I've ever done where I've ripped up raps mm. and started again and ripped them up and started again. Like literally a first and a second and a third and a final draft type of mindset approaching the music. The elite ones do it. Right. You listen to the stories of Michael Jackson in the studio. Like you said, you look at uh, Kendrick, what he's been able to accomplish. Right. All of these guys, they space their shit out because guess what? Um, number one, I've been dropping crazy music, especially somebody like Kendrick in the rap game. Right. And got like nine independent albums. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't you think he a little tired? Right, right, right. You know, like... Absolutely. 
the fatigue worked both ways, goddammit, you know. It, it, it happens that way, and I'm glad that it happened that way, where you have guys like him and J. Cole and those dudes stretching it out for the years to make the anticipation a little bit more. Instead of you playing me on Twitter for dropping shit like I was crazy. They played Master P for it. Right. You know what I mean? Once he started dropping 40 fucking albums in a day, everybody wants to say this down the third about it. That's true. You, you know, so you, you just got to do what you do, man, from an artist's perspective and make sure you elite when you come out. I mean, I mean, even even talking about like even people like Master P, like he he was he had his no limit label and he made sure that every artist put out like maybe what three four albums a year, yeah, at least, and then he dropped that many times too on top of it. Yeah. So it was just it was it was kind of that was a crazy time, and I think. In that aspect, I think that's kind of the blueprint of where this situation is currently. The just the consistent drop of everything or whatever like that. And, you know, um, it's crazy because even talking about that, like, you know, everybody, you know, when they think of Master P, they think of, you know, like New Orleans or whatever like that. But everybody tends to forget that, you know, No Limit started here in the Bay Area in Richmond. So, um, a lot of the stuff that he was doing, he was learning from like, you know, people like E40 and Too Short and stuff like that. And a lot of those people were independent. They were out the trunk selling like hundreds of thousands of tapes and stuff out of their truck before the record label said, you know what? If they can make that much money, how much money can they make for us? Right. One million percent. So one million percent. That's facts. And I'm glad you said that, bro. You know, I, I fuck with the Bay's hustle. R has been a big fan of that. Too short, my favorite guys. Respect. Respect. Yeah, you know I mean, you know, uh, uh, fucking Drew down. Uh -huh. You know, um, like those are my guys. So yeah, I, I got big respect for them, man. Yeah. Sure. And like you said, the independent hustle. People right. Definitely learn that shit from out there because wasn't there wasn't no uh, rap scene in New Orleans. Right. Yeah, I mean, but he made it a rap scene in New Orleans. Right. You know what I mean, um, you know, guys was probably rapping down there, but it wasn't no scene where motherfuckers was really moving. Like you see an E40 and them niggas was right. damn near selling a hundred thousand, right? Two hundred thousand out the truck. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely learned that. So we're gonna take a turn back and let's talk about how you got into rapping. Let's talk about the journey. Like, where did you start? At, and where did you figure this is what I want to do? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I really started rapping probably around twelve. Okay. Twelve years old, thirteen. Um, I always was a really good writer. Um, my mom um, has a degree in English. Oh. So okay. Yeah, so I can I can write my ass off. Okay. You know what I mean? Same thing with my dad. Like they're both of them have college degrees. You know what I mean? And and taught us a lot of different things. So we were able to sit down and really put those words together early. You know what I mean? And it just so happens we were from West Philly. Just so happens we was from the streets. Right. Still. You know what I'm saying? And I always try to tell people that it's like, no, those are your parents' lives. My life was a little different, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they confused, like, oh, they get they did that. Right. They were over here. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, let that be known. But um it started at an early age, um, twelve, thirteen, um, sitting down and just writing, you know, um, during that time when Jay was dropping, um, Nas was dropping, um, you know, Dipset, D-Block, um, you know, all of those guys were out. Um, down South, of course, was running shit. West Coast was still running. Um, we came during that era G-Unit um, where those guys was really killing shit. Right. And we was like, well, shit, we can write. We, we can do that. We can rap. And I remember us getting like a karaoke box. I already saw the story. The, <laughs> hey, that's a. Hey, you know what? I don't knock it because you know what? Any tool that you got, make use of it. Yeah. Any tool that you got, make use of it. We 
we had that karaoke system, bro, and we would rap on like the little Mansell cassettes. Mm. And just like record over like beats and just be rapping over them. Just like rapping over them, rapping over them, and recording ourselves through the karaoke system. And then we play it back and be like, nah, we gotta do that again. That wasn't sharp enough. Okay. So we already like had this mindset before we even hit like a real studio. Hmm. Of like doing double takes and doing all these Ear training. You know what the Ear training. fuck we were doing. Wow. But we just had that passion. So yeah, like 13. Um, and to answer the other question of like when I really took it serious, Fade to Black, the DVD. Oh, Jay-Z. Yo, listen, bro. When I saw how much of an event that was of like everybody who was anybody came to see it, I was like, wow. Like, I can't wait to have King Shams on Madison Square Garden. Mm. Sold out. Like, envision it, manifest it, and do it. And that right there, that moment, along with a ton of other moments, but that was one of the moments where it's like, yo, I really want to go in here and do this. You know, um, That's watching some of the legends, you know, um, I remember my dad bringing in uh, Jimi Hendrix um, albums and, you know, watching these guys live at the Owl White or at Madison Square Garden or... Right. Um, you know, uh, Woodstock, watching them at like these great spots. I said, yo, I want to do that shit. Want to rock like, the crowd, huh? Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I felt like I was born to do it, bro. I felt like I was born to do it. And, um, you know, I just thank God that he was able to continue to put me in the right spots and the right frame of mind to pursue this dream. You know what I mean? And that was important to me. But, yeah, like 13, man, slinging and banging. We was we was rampant, man. That's crazy because you you used to talk about like at that time when I think of that period and you being from Philly, I think about uh like state property. That's who I automatically think about. Now if you talking on a local scene, um it was state prop, Reed Dollars, um, Meek Mill. Right. Uh Joey Jahan, NH, um you're familiar with R.J. Payne, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. R.J. Payne is from that era, too. He was going by Rain Man. Okay. Okay. Um, him, Quilly Mills, a couple other guys was out here on the local scene doing good. You know what I mean? Uh, State Prop definitely was... I, I was more of a dip set guy, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was my guy. Okay, okay. I like, I like okay. the, the flash shit, because I'm from West. Right. You know what I mean? A lot of West Philly niggas, we carry shit a certain kind of way. We like a lot of flashy stuff, do a lot of different things. Right, so that Harlem, so that Harlem uh, uh, style is is definitely fluent there. Oh, yeah. And West, for sure. You know, you can you'll hear a lot of other people say other things and shit. But if you really from West, you really know what's going on. You know that that made sense to to guys like me. You know what I mean? Fashion, the girls, and the money. That was the shit. You know, right. Prop was you know more for the grimier, dirtier guys. Right. You know what I mean? And and no disrespect, cause trust and believe, West Philly is that kind of place. But it never was like part of our persona, right? So to speak, you know what I'm saying. So I was a dipset G unit guy, but okay. on the local scene, yeah, those guys was, was was doing damage for sure during that time. That was the battle rap era too, right? Like right. Five oh six, like yeah, Philly was murking shit. Yeah, I know, I know. Like I, I used to see a lot of the, um, a lot of those freestyles that would be. Uh, online or like on the DVDs that used to be circulating around and I'm like wow these guys are are bananas out here like where did these guys come from yeah we kind of sharpened our skills battle rapping like in Philly everybody like I tell everybody everybody in Philly has a fucking album Mm. the pastor got bars for you (laughs) that's crazy he he got them that's wild shot a video like everybody's got a video everybody's got a song everybody raps in Philly so that's wild they were good or bad you know because it was a lot of motherfuckers should have you know big told y'all UPS is hiring he still are (laughs) right you know that ain't the motherfuckers on that brown truck right on that brown truck yeah you know And, and, and make that goddamn delivery yeah. But we 
grew up kind of like going through that. So we were already like tested as far as our skills. Because it's like, you say, oh, I rap. Then the other guy say, oh, well, he rap too. So now everybody's in a circle immediately. Right. It's like in 10, 15 seconds. It's like, all right, spit your rap, he spit yours. Right. You know what I mean? You spit your rap, he spit his. And that's how it was rocking. You know what I'm saying? So Philly has already been like a battle-tested kind of spot. So it was easier for us to kind of translate that same kind of energy um, on wax. Okay. Yeah, like there's definitely a lot of rich history in the rap scene in Philly. And, you know, Philly is a not just um, a place that I like to, you know, think about with like hip hop with heavy bars, but it's also a um, historical place when it comes to, you know, just like um, black American history. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff that, you know, Philly is responsible for that a lot of people don't talk about in like, you know, just everyday conversation. Nothing is forgiven when you try to play your villain. Capture the villains of those close range killers. Let them niggas burn, nigga, fuck the ice grilling. Pussy, wait your turn, we confirm who we getting. Organized crime is the meeting of the minds. Diamonds make us blind, bury bodies in the mines. Too cold and the state toes made us gamble with souls. This game full of hoes, gotta stay in control. Pussy niggas fold, they just do it for the hoes. We do it for the dope, eliminate all foes. Keep your mouth closed, I was kissed by a rose. Those were sealed over stoves, making bread by the lows. What's exposed to the game, driving for us in their brain. Billions cross my brain, that's a ride with the cane. Nothing was the same when the nigga took the oath. I'm a hustler in my lane, that's why I'm pushing the ghost, nigga. Niggas lit, niggas sick, niggas slick, niggas too legit to quit, see the dreads, see the flips, see the whips. Niggas too legit to quit, catch a dick, shoot the clips, move the brick. Niggas too legit to quit, pick the quiz, pick the dick, move the shit. This game make you emotional Even thugs cry Disciplined in my devotional Hundreds round my eyes These streets are do or die On my shoddy y'all We too sturdy on these corners Only fake niggas die Look me in my eyes See visions of drive-bys Money sky high With fine hoes by my side Took my time I realize I'm not like these guys Slickers fashion while I'm blasting Fuck with hoes with thick thighs When these streets I reside They'll never be gentrified We getting the hipsters high on our product They stand by We move all the coke on these blocks Stories is rope, rifle with the scope, you can never be the goat. I'm Jordan to these shameses, I make a nigga famous. Your bitch know what my name is, and speak the wave language. Haters watching anguish, so I keep a stainless. Play games if you want, leave your whole crew vanquished. Niggas lit, niggas sick, never slick, niggas too legit to quit, see the dress, see the flips, see the bits, niggas too legit to quit, catch a dick, shoot the clips, that's that's a hundred percent fact, you know. Um, again, like I said, with, with gangster rap, you know, schooly dudes from West Philly made that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you don't have um, sits in the morning by Ice T, and then you don't have boys in the hood by NWA. Without PSK. You don't have records lined up. Right. Without PSK, those don't exist. They don't. You know, um, Philly, um, from uh, the battle rap scene, um, and then the soul music scene. Absolutely. You know, um, you you can dig even as far back as, you know, Kenny Gamble and and Leon Huff legends. Gamble and Huff, yes. Yeah. Philly International. Like, come on, man. Like, if, see... The other thing is, like, for me, like, I know that scene because, you know, aside from me doing this podcast, I also make beats. So, you know, soul music is all is all I'm, I'm, I'm hearing. And, you know, I grew up, you know, my parents playing like all the Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes and, you know, all that stuff that was out there that they was doing. There was a lot of good music that came from that area. 
classics. Yeah, so let's talk about the history of your name. How did you become King Champs? Well, um, it, it's a very unique name. Um, it basically is a bridge or a abbreviation of Shamsuddin. Um, that would be spelled S H A M S U D E E N. Um, Islamic name. Um, and it basically is leader or son of God or light. Wow. Um, that's that's the meaning of it. I just put a P there to make it different looking. Hit him with the know? knowledge though. Yeah, nah, you know, because the thing is, you can't just name yourself some shit and don't know what the hell you done named yourself. That's right. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and that's where that came from. Then I wanted to go in here and put a cane in front of it, too. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I believe that we are kings and we should be carrying ourselves as such. Absolutely. You, know I mean? you, you can't tell nobody that I ain't got no crown. You can't tell nobody that you ain't got no crown. That you know is. So I'm, I'm always going to be a big, big uh, advocate of of that. You know what I'm saying? So that's where it kind of came from. And I had other names before, you know what I mean? And then it was Hustlers in the Hood named Shams and Dane, too. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you, you had all of the bigger dudes because when you talk about Philly, Philly is predominantly is an Islamic city. Correct. You know what I Correct. mean? So it's like everybody is, they are, like I said, again, in the past, they're probably Muslim. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's that heavy out here, right? So, right. Um, all the hustlers, different guys, you know, was named that. So it was, it was a multitude of reasons why um, I chose to uh, choose that name. Okay, for sure. But like the origin of it, that's what it means. You know, that's deep. You know, um, you're right. You know, you can't name yourself something without you know, have an origin story or understand what it means. A lot of people just give the, themselves names these days and I don't know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but when you break it down like that and you break down like what your name means, um, it gives the listeners more of a context of not just what you're saying, but who you are, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not just a guy that is, um, just rapping um, bullshit or just saying bullshit or I'm just, you know, I don't, I, what's better to say? I lack substance. Right. You know what I mean? Um, my name has substance. My bars have substance. My hooks have substance. I, as a person walking around, have substance. So I always want to show that everything that I do has meaning and it has a purpose. You know what I mean? It has something behind it as opposed to I'm naming myself Little Knickknack Paddywhack. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. Right, right, right. I can't, you know, I, I can't stand with that. That's that's his life. Right. This is my life. And I'm going to show you consistently that everything that I do has purpose and meaning. Absolutely. You know when you're dealing with me as well as Dear Wrong Records, that is going to have substance for sure. Okay, I I agree with that, man. Absolutely. Um, speaking of purpose and intent, like, what do you feel that you and Azan and their uh their Wrong Records actually contribute? to the spectrum of the hip-hop community? I believe, um, number one, that we're going to be taking over the hip-hop community in the next, like, couple months. Okay. Like, it's the new wave. Uh, and, and not only um, hip-hop, but Dead Wrong Records as a label, we're not only going to be competing with the majors, but we're going to start beating them. Mm. And I truly believe that because of the different artists that we're bringing in okay. outside of hip-hop you know, R&B, rock, and reggae acts and really bringing in good acts, not touching things and not being able to understand how good music is supposed to sound everywhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? So from that perspective, that's what I see us bringing to the culture. Um, from DMR Records um, as a label, if you're talking about the rappers that's here, what we're bringing to the hip-hop culture is the same thing. We're bringing back a level of play that hasn't been seen in a long time. Where it's actually rapping over drums, it's actually having hooks, it's actually 
having dope songs and not just being able to rap for 30 minutes over the uh, CNN uh, uh, band from TVP. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because there's a lot of niggas that can do that. That's true. We see it all the time. That's true. You know, we see um, Bars 95. We see Funk Fletch freestyles. And these guys are talented rappers. They're talented rappers. When you start talking about songwriting, when you start talking about producing records, when you start talking about doing those things, Dead Wrong Records is in a league of its own. We believe in elite product. So that's what we're going to be bringing to hip-hop culture where it's like, hey, nigga, you have to step the game, my player. You can't just rock over the drumless beats. You have to get on this beat and understand what rhythm and timing is. Mm. This shit isn't violent spoken word. <laughs> okay. It's just not. And, and, and trust and believe is no knock to the guys that are doing it at an elite level. Shout out to Griselda. Shout out to Rock Marcy, who's one of my favorite artists. He created that lane. Right. Much respect to them. But it's a thousand niggas doing it now. Right. And not good. <laughs> it's just like y'all are just kind of jumping on this shit and this shit doesn't sound good. We're bringing in a new religion. Right, and, that's what we're looking at it. And, and and you know, uh, speaking of speaking of that, you know, this is this era in in hip hop right now that we're in seems to be one of the longest running so far at the capacity that it is, where you have your boom bap, you have your trap music, you have um, your your pop you know, rap albums and everything like that. But it seems that there's a spectrum of a lot of different styles of hip hop all being played at one time, which is something that hasn't necessarily been done all at once. I agree. I agree. I feel like shit is wide open. I feel like me and Azam talk about all the time where it's like, you can find your own lane if you really wanted to in this game. Right. Um, as long as you have a certain distinct sound about you, everybody can eat. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of like what we're trying to do here at Dear Wrong is be able to bring the trap guy and the boom bap guy in the same room and appreciate the music. Absolutely. I feel like that's not being done enough. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody is targeting a certain kind of demographic as opposed to Jay-Z didn't do that he right. just you know what I mean like why are we limiting ourselves to a certain kind of demographic of listeners you know I remember having this conversation with a jackass industry guy uh oh <laughs> yeah like we were sitting in a meeting and um you know uh he's talking the bullshit and I'm like bro we don't have to just settle on regular demographics of it has to go here. Right. It's like I have 48-year-old white dudes who drive motorcycles. It's like, yo, Kane Shamps is the shit. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and, that's, and, that, and that's important. That's important to have other demographics say, hey, this is something else. This is something I can rock with, even though this, is my, this might not necessarily be my lane that I'm used to. But I can rock with this because it's solid. I like it. Exactly. Michael Jackson, everybody liked. It didn't matter if you were from fucking Kinshasa, Zaire. <laughs> right. It didn't matter. Right. You were from Edinburgh or some shit. Like, it didn't matter because right. it was good music. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to go in and hear what we are doing step by step by step, building it up. Um bringing that back to, to hip-hop culture. Yeah. Where Biggie Smalls wasn't just a demographic. Like, oh, he just sell to the street niggas and fat niggas that want to get dressed. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this, like, this mindset is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I can sell to these people, just present the music. And that's what we're doing. We're just presenting the music in this building day by day, man. Absolutely. So, before we wrap it up, you know what I'm saying? You have been very, very consistent with dropping, you know, projects and, and songs on SoundCloud um, over the last few years. And what 
motivates you to keep um, releasing material between your projects? Oh, just keeping our name out there. And that's a great question, bro. Um, I believe in keeping your name out there and letting people know, hey, I'm still here. I may be preparing something for you that's just going to um, devastate the rap game. It's going to do something different to it. But I'm still around. Right. You know, it's almost like how I was talking about with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson would flip the jab, but you knew that right hand was coming, nigga. Right. <laughs> was coming. You knew that. Absolutely. Like, that, that's how it is with us. Yeah. Whereas, like, those singles in between time are the good jabs. You feel those jabs. They're excellent jabs. They're excellent punches. Right. But the knockout blow coming. Mm. It's, it's on the way. It's on the way. And um, that's what kind of keeps us motivated. You know what I mean? Because we're like, we have to continuously put out dope music for the people that are listening and to continue to build up the audience. You know what I mean? Um, it's like, how many people would you say in the world? Like, nine billion or some shit? Like, some. It's like, some, I think it's a little over eight billion now. A little over okay. eight billion now. So, you're talking about eight billion people in the world. This small demographic of people over here has heard your music. You're talking about all these other people who haven't heard it. Right. So you need to be trying to focus on trying to get it to as many people as you can. That's it. So that motivates us when we're dropping the music in between to keep people interested and continue to build the brand. So let's talk about the the the, the relationship of you and Azan being brothers and you being the MC and he being the beatsmith. So what is that like and how would you explain Azan's beats to somebody who may have never heard it before? Oh, those are those are great questions. Um I'll I'll go with starting off with Azan first. He's um I always call him the monster in the hills. Okay. You don't want to go up them hills with that boy. Okay. Like, he's he's got some shit for your ass. Okay. Like, he, he produces at an elite level, and he understands sounds. You know, you have certain people that have strong suits as far as you have, you have guys that have their own lane that are elite at their own things. But you right. got guys that are better with soul sampling. Right. You know, they can fuck a Roberta Flack record up. Right. You know, like, they, they can do that at an elite level. His thing is focusing almost like an artist because he is an artist he paints shit he, he did that when we were growing up he does things from an abstract kind of mindset where it's like he's putting pieces of different sounds together and then creating the foundation of the beat okay like he does things a certain kind of way and it's like an abstract lit hip-hop beat hmm. like if i could best describe it it's like something you've never heard before it's extremely unique it's extremely unique the different sounds that he uses. Um, our relationship, man, is it, it, it flows really well because even though I'm the oldest of the two, I respect his skill set, and I feel like in a lot of different situations, sometimes brothers can't work good together because everybody still think, "Well, I'm the oldest," or "You're the youngest." It's like, nah, nigga, if he knows how to you know, uh, uh, do something at an elite level, you need to listen to him because that's his level of expertise. Right. And he should respect your level of expertise. Correct. And together we can build something that can be great. Absolutely. So that, you know what I mean? So that's how we look at it. Where, um, as a lot of people, you know, kind of get caught up in, in, in shit that doesn't matter, we don't get caught up in that. We right. have a really good chemistry and we're always looking to push each other from a, a creative perspective where he'll make a, a different kind of beat and I may come up with a bridge or a different kind of hook or, you know, different kind of flows I can attack the beat with a different kind of cadence and we make it fun. That's you know live. I mean? So us sitting back creating together, it's, it's like Phil Jackson and Mike, man, to mm. be honest. Wow. You know, that's, 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 that's live because, you know, a lot of people sometimes, you know, how people are, they're like, oh, you can't work with family, but, you know, when you have that level of respect outside of it just being, you know, the, the, the family bond, you know, that kind of makes it a lot better to be able to work cohesively 
versus, you know, being at odds saying, well, like you said, well, I'm older or I'm younger and I'm, I'm in tune with this or I'm in tune with that. But just respecting each other's um, views and, e and each other's uh, expertise level, it makes for much more of the difference than, you know, just having so much, you know, disrupt. Because a lot of people, sometimes they fall into that. But from what you were explaining, that's not the case. No. Not at all. And and one thing, brother, that you said maybe four times in that sentence was respect. Right. And respect. Respect. So anything goes a long way. Absolutely. And it's a two-way street. That's another thing that people don't always talk about. They always say, well, I deserve respect, but what about the other person? You know, that's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, they kind of like sort of need respect. Too, right, right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, I'm not claiming to have ever went to yell, but I, I kind of believe that's how it goes. Right, right. You you get it and you earn it and you receive it. That's that's it. One hundred. That's it. So we gonna wrap it up, man. Thank you for spending time. And um, like I said, there's a long time coming, man. We, we yes, like sir. you said, this is uh, we talked about this for a minute, but it's all about the timing and the timing is now because you are releasing your new project soon. And I'm definitely going to be looking forward to that. And I hope everybody else will be too. Um, drop the, you know, all the social media links and everywhere where people can find you. For sure, for sure, man. And and I appreciate um, you having me on first and foremost. Um, I'm extremely grateful um, for the opportunity, um, and I appreciate you. Um, much much respect, bro. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Same here. Man. Same here. Um, you can follow me on Instagram um, at King Shams K I N G S H A M P Z. Um, same thing on Twitter as well K I N G S H A M P Z. Um, and follow the SoundCloud. Like this brother's telling you, we got a lot, a lot of work um, on our SoundCloud pages. And then this is the thing. Um, throw us on YouTube as well. We're on YouTube. The whole Dawn of the Dead album um, is on all streaming platforms. You can catch it on YouTube, um, Apple, Spotify, everything. Um, yeah. You can also follow Azan um, on Twitter, A-Z-Z-A-N. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at the same handle as well. And um, go to the SoundCloud page. We got two banging new records out right now. Uh, one's called MGM. The other one's called Too Legit. Check out the rest of the artists on there as well. It's a great, great, great place to hear some dope, exciting music. And listen, look out for Rise of Corleone, baby. It's, it's going to be a game changer. And um, we, we got some surprises. We got some surprises as to how everything's going to come about um, as far as videos and everything. So it's going to be a hell of a experience, man. It's going to be the project of the year for sure. I guarantee it. Yeah. So, you know, that's King Champs. Um, his brother Zahn is, is, is the beat meister behind all the all the music that you hear. The label is Dead Wrong Records. Go check out that Dawn of the Dead on all the streaming platforms. Um, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you very much for, again, taking out the time and make sure every, everybody out there, make sure that you follow and go listen and be looking out for that new joint because I definitely will. And thanks again, brother. I appreciate your time, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The pleasure's been all mine, man. Thank you. Absolutely. out to King Champs um, from West Philly. He's been doing his thing for a while now. Make sure you go check out the Dead Wrong Records um, album, Dawn of the Dead, and his upcoming album that will be coming out soon, The Rise of Corleone. Um, make sure that you check out all the artists that are featured on Dead Wrong Records. Again, this is Eddie Word, Courage of the Radio. I'm back, y'all. So check you out next week, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific. 9 Eastern. Um, again, continue to keep on sending those songs through, all your beats and everything like that, and I will get them played eventually. 
I just need a little bit of pacing, a little bit of time, y'all, but I'll be right back at it. I'ma check y'all out. It's Courage on the Radio, y'all. Peace.